Welcome to Fire of Genius, a podcast dedicated to all things intellectual property presented by the Indiana University Maurer School of Law's IP Theory Journal. My name is Alex Mischke, and I'm a 2L who's interested mostly in patent law. My name's David Lebby. I'm a 2L, and I'm also mostly interested in patent law. My name is Megan Wheeler, and I'm interested in copyrights and trademarks. And my name is Scott. I'm also a 2L, and I'm interested in patent law. On today's episode, we will be discussing Vietnam's production of coffee and the rights that are used to protect the producers who produce that coffee in Vietnam. Coffee is the second most traded commodity in the world. As of March 2021, Vietnam was the second largest producer of coffee behind only Brazil. In 2020, Vietnam produced three times as much coffee as third place, Colombia. Vietnam's production growth has been dramatic. Since the late 1980s, when the government began their focus on the coffee producers, Vietnam's coffee production has grown nearly a hundredfold. But recently, the growth has stagnated and even started to decline, unlike the nearest competitors, Brazil and Colombia. This is not good for such a large part of Vietnam's economy. Very little coffee is actually consumed in Vietnam. Over 90% of its coffee is exported, primarily to Europe. Did any of you know that Vietnam produces much coffee or any coffee at all? No, I thought it was mostly like Brazil and Guatemala. And I don't honestly, I guess I think of Indonesia when I think of coffee, but I don't necessarily think of Vietnam at all. I think of Colombia and it's surprising to hear that they're the third and what was the statistic? Like two or three times times, less coffee? Three times less, yeah. Wow. I don't drink coffee, but uh, similar to Megan, uh, when I think of coffee, I think of Colombia. Yeah. I didn't know either, and it's just, I've never seen it at grocery stores here, and so I was very surprised to hear this. Because this crop has helped so many in Vietnam out of poverty, it makes sense to try and protect it in any way possible. Vietnam allows for protection via geographical indication, or GI. This type of protection helps consumers know that the coffee that they are buying is genuinely from the area indicated. Several coffees are registered in Vietnam Vietnam, under this protection. This is great, but since so little coffee is actually consumed in Vietnam, it's probably more important to have external protections, specifically in Europe. Fortunately, Europe is pro-GI protections. Not all jurisdictions around the world are that way. A couple of examples of protected products are Camembert cheese from France or San Marzano tomatoes from Italy. When those products are not protected, it is much easier for others to pass off their products with these labels as those protected products. For example, tomatoes labeled San Marzano in, in the US are not necessarily from that region of Italy and it's actually more likely that they're probably not and they're just saying that they are to use some of that goodwill that has been developed under that name to sell their products at a higher price. Vietnam is struggling with this because it has very few GI registrations for their coffee in other countries. In fact, when a Vietnamese company tried to protect its brand in South Korea, it was denied protection because the brand was already registered in the market. That was resolved but it was very difficult and cost the producer a lot of money. I think that Vietnam coffee's pr- coffee producers should focus on registering the exported brands sooner than later in jurisdictions that recognize GI protections. Did you know about GI protections at all before this? I didn't. Uh, do you mind explaining it a little bit more? Sure. Uh, GI protections are given to products by the state or country or jurisdiction for being made in that state. And so for the San Marzano tomatoes example, the certain region in Italy where those are produced, the producers registered it with the state and got protection so that when that product, those tomatoes are exported or consumed within Italy, people know that those tomatoes are genuine and that they came from that location. It's problematic 
in the U.S. because the U.S. does not recognize GI protections for most products. There are some wine and spirits that are recognized, but beyond that, they're not really recognized at all. And so if you go to the store and try to buy San Marzano tomatoes, who knows if what you get is actually going to be from Italy or grown somewhere in the U.S. or maybe from Italy, but grown outside of that region. So it's very misleading for, for consumers because they're not getting what they thought they were getting. Many lawyers in Vietnam did not know about this either, or they did not fully understand the importance of having their coffee-producing clients register for their rights abroad. I also recommend that the government provide additional information to firms explaining this importance, or at least alerting them to the importance of foreign filings. Do you think that this would be something that the government should do via its IP office, which is similar in functionality to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office? Yes, I mean, I think I think that it certainly falls under IP within trademarks because it's source identifying and, you know, uh, it seems like counterfeiters are going off the, the tailwinds of the goodwill of the coffee that's being produced there. Um, so for me, it seems to fit squarely in trademark protection um, realm personally, but per- I also just feel like blanket statement the United States should maybe take more sort of consumer protective stance of requiring or protecting source identifying material. I think it's very important that consumers know I'm buying, I think we've discussed camembert cheese um, versus I'm buying unpasteurized or like a a different product. Like what if somebody's allergic to that product? Yeah, because the the policy behind the bulk of trademark law is one, to protect the goodwill of the producer and two, to prevent consumer confusion. And I think it seems to fit squarely within both of those. Because I mean, I think anyone can sympathize with wanting to protect farmers in Vietnam that are driving a lot of the like prosperity, like prosperity of their reason, their regions. And then also like, we've always been interested in, pre- in preventing consumer confusion in the US, so. I think so too. I think that it would not be very difficult for the IP office to explain this or explain it more in depth to the lawyers in the country and then they can explain it to their clients to make sure that the clients know the best route that they can take and how to protect their coffees. Especially for Europe, who is pro-GI, it makes sense for them to know about this and apply for the applications for the protection there. For the U.S., we've still got a ways to go, but I think that eventually it would be worthwhile to try and protect it in the U.S. as well. I apologize if, if you've already answered this, but what's the split between imports of Vietnamese coffee in the U.S. versus Europe? Is it primarily Europe? I can't think of any Vietnamese brands that I've seen in the U.S. It's primarily Europe, yeah. I believe it's it's far more than the majority of Vietnam's exports are to Europe. Okay. And yeah, so it's it's so it's helpful that their major exporting location has GI protections available, and so I think that that will benefit them in the long run if that they can get protection for it in Europe specifically. Even if everybody in Vietnam is aware of the need for these protections, the cost is significant, especially for a developing country. Because of that, I recommend that the government help subsidize these costs, but not like China's trademark subsidization program, which effectively was paying people to file trademark applications in other countries. And this was very problematic and caused flooding in those trademark offices. So I recommend something no more than the cost of the foreign registration. 
Do you think that this is something that the government could or should support, or should it just be left up to the producers themselves to to pay for all of this protection inside or outside the country? So just to clarify, the, the government subsidy is breaking even, essentially. That's what that's what I would argue, or if not if not breaking even some support, but but I do not think that it would be a good idea to to be paying them to be applying because that leads to other problems. I, I, I agree with that, but uh, just going back to the breaking even for a second, is that for the costs associated with establishing these GI marks, or uh, what costs would you subsidize? I think I would subsidize the the prosecution costs for applying for the protections themselves in specifically Europe. Have you thought about government intervention in the defense of these marks after they've been established? Do you think that's something that would be a good idea or that would be in line with the subsidy you've proposed? I think so. It would be great if it could reach a point where these protections helped bolster the economy and the profits that the producers make so that they could afford to do that on their own. But until that point, I think that the government should be able to offer some help or could offer some help that would help out these producers. Do you think it would lead to too much corruption of sorts if Vietnam registered a trademark like Vietnamese coffee and then sort of doled out the stamp of approval to farmers and like had, had to like license or approve? I mean, I, I think Italy has done that before with like Neapolitan pizza, like they get the sort of stamp of approval from Italy of this is legitimate, authentic, Neapolitan-style pizza. But I don't know if that would lead to like kind of corruptive practices of like this farmer can get the stamp and the other one can't. I do think that's possible. However, I do think that the because of the government's focus on promoting this economy, and at this point, Vietnam still being a developing country and trying to continue to grow, especially in light of its recently declining production compared to Brazil and Colombia, at least at this point, there would be not a ton of risk for that corruption to happen. But I could see it happening in the future and causing limitations. But I guess the good news about that is there is theoretically no limit for the number of GIs that could be issued. And so they can break down the regions smaller and smaller if necessary and give those protections to just a few acres of land and that could be enough to help every producer be happy and avoid problems of corruption. If we go with this approach where we're giving out a bunch of different GI marks, you know, you mentioned just for a few acres or a specific region, uh, do you think that that would drive the cost of that coffee up uh, in like an export sense? So I think that, yes, that that is possible, but there's a lot of difficult fluctuations in the coffee market and, and basically over the past hundred years, there's been other uh, global efforts to try and control the, the cost and things like that. And not a lot of them have been extremely successful. And I think that that's part of the reason why there's continuing struggles over this. And so it may, I'm not sure to answer your question, but recently the European Union and Vietnam have signed a free trade agreement and this signifies a desire for them to work together and it 
signifies an effort to produce ongoing trade between the parties and kind of continued goodwill. And I think that because of this, it's even it's an even better time for the coffee producers to register for these protections now because while it is a high cost, they can be more assured that it will be worth it because they will have the protections for a while. And because of the tariffs that are reduced under this trade agreement, it will help them defray some of the costs. Do you think that the trade agreement supports a stronger push like this? Or do you think that they're more just fluff and won't have any kind of effect on this at all, especially because of the fluctuations in the coffee market around the world? I think there is a definite concern that it could end up becoming fluff, but I think there's some legitimate, excuse me, legitimacy to what you've just proposed to us, and I hope that it has a positive outcome uh, when it's implemented. Hopefully the Vietnamese producers can prevent counterfeiting and infringement in its biggest exportation jurisdiction, Europe, for the sake of its continued economic growth. They've come a long way in the past 40 years, and it would be great if more people around the world could get to try genuine Vietnamese coffee. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Fire of Genius. You can follow us on Twitter at C-I-P-R-Mauer-I-P-T-H, or reach out to us on our website at iptheory.indiana.edu. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in again next week.